What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Welcome to Scoop World Order. It's Wednesday. Wacky Wednesday. Ryan Day took the podium today. It's National Signing Day. Did any of you guys actually remember that? Uh, we had one new a letter of intent signed today. The Bill O'Brien saga is dragging on. It'll be done by this weekend. Is Chip Kelly the guy that will take his spot? We got a lot of news on that, a lot of buzz. Uh, the phones have been just dying. Thank God for uh, portable chargers because, man, my phone has been drained all day. Same with Nevada. So we're going to break down all that we've heard, what we know, what are Ryan Day's contingency plans, and what made sense that he said today at the press conference. So we're going to get into all that. As always, get those Super Chats fired up. We appreciate you guys as always kicking it with us. Uh, and this is a good show. This is a great show because of you guys. You know, you guys make it a great show, not anybody else. So thank you guys for kicking it with us again every night, seven o'clock. We rock and we appreciate you guys. If you guys enjoy this content, please leave us a like, click subscribe. Also click that little alert bell. Uh, the alerts go off on your phone, your iPad, whatever, uh, your TV, just so that you know when we go live, you don't miss a single second of it. And we love interacting with you guys. Shout out to Tora. Our boy uh, dominating and uh, patrolling, uh, saying strapped and saying golden. We appreciate you, Tora, for running the chat. So you guys show Tora some love in the chat. Uh, shout out where you guys are watching from. Shout out who you guys are watching with. We appreciate you guys so very much for kicking it with us each and every night. Again, this thing has been going like crazy, and it's all because of you guys. So thank you. That being said... Got to bring in Nevada. Nevada, Ryan Day spoke for about an hour today, which is a very long press conference for a head coach. Um, did he say anything surprising to you? Talked about the 10th head coach, or the, excuse me, the, the 10th position coach potentially being James Laurinaitis or being a special teams uh, coach, someone from outside the program. Uh, the Bill O'Brien thing is dragging on. Uh, what surprised you about what Ryan Day said today? Uh, nothing really surprised me, but we can summarize kind of what Ryan said for those of you who haven't had a chance to watch the uh, the press conference. Basically, he talked about Bill O'Brien in the past tense <laughs> as if he was gone, and uh, even though he did confirm that he was in the building today, as he should be before he takes his next job. Um, he talked about the great job that Trevion Henderson did recruiting uh, Quinchon Judkins from Ole Miss, and I thought that was, uh, I mean, it was it was just nice hearing him talk about that. He talked about the leadership role Jack Sawyer had taken in terms of uh, recruiting the guys back to, to run it back for one more year. Um, and then, you know, he talked a little bit about the 10th coach, didn't really kind of, he said that that was going to be resolved within the next week, which when you hear that, you kind of think, is that a post-Super Bowl thing? Is that, you know, what was that about? I wasn't quite sure how to read 
that one right there. But let's start out with the first topic of the day, the Bill O'Brien thing. I've uh, been working the phones all day, been talking mainly to agents, and mm-hmm. I hear it's done. Bill O'Brien to Boston College, and um, I, I believe that that's what is done. I, I, I believe Ohio State knows that. I believe Bill O'Brien knows that. I believe Boston College knows that. And I think it's just a matter I'm, – I'm not sure when they'll announce that. I would imagine it would be by this weekend, but I, I believe Bill O'Brien will be the next head coach for Boston College. And – then the, the the question, obviously, for Ohio State fans is, what does that mean? Who's the you know who's the next guy? And when I found out something today that I thought was, I didn't have this information, and I was kind of shocked to hear this information. I didn't realize how close Chip Kelly was to getting the job the first time around on the offensive court coordinator derby, and I got that from a really good source today. They said Nevada that he was really like that. We thought it was done to Ohio State. And I was like, wow, I, I just thought that was kind of wacky talk. I thought that was kind of internet blather. But, you know, he convinced me that that was a real thing. Um, and he also convinced me more than ever that it's a real time the second time around. So I know he's uh, intervened for the Seattle Seahawks job. If he doesn't get that, I would almost call him the chalk to be the next offensive coordinator at Ohio State. So that's something that's gone from crazy talk to I think it's um, – you know, watch the Seattle job. If he doesn't get the Seattle job, I'm calling him to Ohio State right now. Put put, put that stake in the ground, and um, I would have never done that 48 hours ago. Yeah, and I think, you know, Chip Kelly's trying to audition. Again, I say this over and over again. If these guys are trying to audition for a better position than UCLA, I mean, I, I just think controlling Ohio State's offense next year with all the talent, with the schedule, with Ryan Day at the home, um, it just makes way more sense than you know throwing your uh, your caution to the wind with you know a first time head coach who's frankly thirty six years old. I think that's crazy. And again, I get people want to do um, you know they want to do the dance in the NFL because the NFL lifestyle is so much better. But Ryan Day's got most of the the offseason stuff locked down. I mean, they've already gone through the portal season. He's already raised the money, so most of the hay is in the barn. Now it's just about developing the players and chemistry. And I just think that you know. If the unforeseen would happen and Bill O'Brien would skip out of town after a couple of weeks, the big swing that would really, really help this outfit. And again, if we don't get Chip Kelly, we'll survive. Again, we've lost Urban Meyer and Woody Hayes. So if we lose Chip Kelly, it'll be okay. But there isn't a guy in this universe who Ryan Day would trust more to run his offense than Chip Kelly, who's his mentor, who he played for, who he came up underneath, you know, in the coaching profession, who's been his biggest advocate. So you know, if I'm Gene Smith and you know the funding department, I'm saying, what's it going to take? You know, because again, the O'Brien thing, you know, like it or not, will be you know if if he does go to Boston College after two weeks at Ohio State, will be there will be some egg on Ryan's face because he didn't vet him hard enough. Now, can you project that Jeff Halfley is going to leave? Probably not. But same token, you know, the way to make all that go away is go get Chip Kelly. And again, I would die and go to heaven if we got Chip Kelly as our offensive coordinator because he's one of the greatest minds in the history of football. And he's a guy that, you know, frankly, I think his star has fallen because he's been at bat. UCLA is a terrible job. You know, that 49ers team that he had was terrible with Kaepernick and Blaine Gabbard, a quarterback. He was there for one year. Um, but as an offensive mind and a quarterback, he's a guy that, you know, Bill Belichick asked the clinic with him. Urban Meyer asked the clinic with him. So when some of the smartest guys in all of football want you to come teach them what you do in terms of your scheme, that I mean, that, that carries more weight for me than, 
well, he wasn't great at UCLA. Well, UCLA isn't a great job. I got news for you. Like, uh, now, is it a beautiful place? Do they have, uh, is it the Rose Bowl? Sure. But like when you watch their games, they've got 5,000 people there. Nobody cares. Um, there's no NIL presence. There's no uh, infrastructure. And that kills your ability to be competitive, you know, especially as you're going into the Big Ten. So he's been stomping his feet, begging to find jobs, begging for offers. And again, I think that he would be, a dream to come to Ohio State as you see. And, and frankly, if Bill O'Brien takes off, which again, you know, we think that there's a really, really high chance that's going to happen. He's the guy. I mean, I know we've talked about Joe Moorhead and all these other guys, but for a guy that's got this energy with not only Ryan Day, but, you know, he was with Justin Fry and Justin Fry was his offensive coordinator. So you've got your line coach, your head coach, and the OC have all worked together. They all know each other. Um, I think that'd be a dream. Uh, Nevada, your thoughts on that and and any other potential candidates should Bill O'Brien take off? Well, first, I, I do want to say, I mean, I, I like Joe Moorhead, the head coach of Akron, a lot as well. Do I like him as much as Bill O'Brien? No. Do I like him as much as Chip Kelly? No. But do I like him more than anybody else? I do. So um, I think we've got, you know, some very viable candidates. But Chip Kelly, I, I wrote this on the board. I said, I believe that his innovation of tempo in football is one of the great innovations in offensive football, right up there with the spread offense. And um, I, I just, I, I think it's rare that you can have a guy that's had that much of an impact on the game. Um, I think it's all the other stuff that kind of drags Chip Kelly down because, you know, he doesn't want to do NIL. He's not, frankly, he's not a great recruiter. And there's all these things that he's not, but what he is, is he's an unbelievable offensive mind and he's a great play caller. And, you know, I was talking with somebody today and they were like, yeah, but you know, we'd only get him maybe for a year or maybe two years. And I'm like, man, that's what Saban did. That was Saban's formula. Saban's formula was let's go out and find those guys, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian. Or, you know, he didn't care whether those guys were going to be there one year, two years. He didn't care about that. He's like, let's just get the best for this year. And then we'll worry about next year, next year. And he went out and dominated. He won six national or seven national. I don't even know how many national championships he won. But, um, I mean, th I think that's the kind of ruthlessness that Ryan Day's got to demonstrate with uh, with his coaching decisions. And I think, frankly, that's what he's doing with his offensive coordinator job. Let the position coaches worry about being the tip of the spear in terms of recruiting. You know, get the best coordinators that you can that can coordinate your offense and your defense and go win some national championships. And, I mean, Chip Kelly, I, yeah, I would be dancing – if we got, I, I mean, I can't even imagine what Chip Kelly could do with these kind of offensive toys. I mean, it would be, it'd be amazing. The synergy that you pointed out with him and Justin Fry is something a lot of people forget about. A lot, not a lot of people can talk about that. But to have Fry Day and uh, and Chip Kelly, I mean, you know, you, you'd have perfect harmony. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In terms of the offense, and um, it, it, it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, and the guy that outside of Ryan Day that, that I think would benefit the most is Will Howard. Because again, you look at you know a lot of you Browns fans, you watch DTR, um, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback who was a start at UCLA under Chip Kelly. Uh, 
you know, multiple offense, you know, he runs that vertical spread offense. They run the quarterback. Uh, he's big on equating numbers like urban Meyer and equating numbers means you run the quarterback and you basically have a numbers advantage in the box. Uh, if they don't load the box and you run the quarterback, they're literally a guy short every time. And chip Kelly is the master of that. So you get a big, strong, you know, ox like Will Howard as your quarterback. And then you go down to the red zone and you've got him and Quinshaw Judkins and Trey Henderson, uh, Jelani Thurman at tight end. I mean, that's terrifying. And again, that's the thing that, you know, Ryan, you know, I think he's grown in philosophy from, you know, what, what Chip Kelly does. I, I think that they differ because Ryan doesn't run the quarterback. Chip Kelly loves running the quarterback. And I think when you've got Will Howard for one year and you've got a guy that can run and he's big and he's sturdy and he's built like a, like a, like a brick house. Like, I think that that would be completely, um, it would just be huge for his development. I mean, Chip's a guy that, you know, when, when he puts his mind to it, I mean, his quarterbacks, like he had Dennis Dixon, um, and honestly, like in 07, the only thing that saved, uh, that stopped Oregon from winning the national championship the year that we played LSU was Dixon towards ACL because they played Michigan in Michigan that year and they won like 45 to like 40. It was like a, just an absolute destruction in the big house. And it was, it was Dennis Dixon running that spread and Michigan was absolutely helpless versus it. And again, I think that, you know, his, his mindset, his philosophy would be just absolutely amazing for for the team, the culture. And again, for me, you know, again, if I'm running the show and I'm the head coach, I'm the head ball coach, I'm Ryan Day, I know that this year is like it's like the, the World Series of Poker last hand and you're all in because you've got a loaded roster. All these guys came back for their senior year. You got Will Howard for a year, Quinshawn Judkins for a year. Like you want the best possible fit to develop this offense and turn it into a national championship. And who would who would you rather trust than your mentor? You know, a guy that you know has your back, a guy that you know is going to work hard. You know his work ethic because you played for him, you coached for him, um, you coached in the NFL with him in Philly, you coached with the NFL in, in uh, San Francisco. Um, he he's the guy that got you the Ohio State offensive coordinator job. Chip Kelly's basically the guy that gave Randy everything. You know, so who better to be your offensive coordinator? Because like when when you know when Ryan Day, you got to understand Ryan Day was on the breadline. He was unemployed fired two straight years fired in philly then they were in san francisco for one year and they got fired and they weren't good you know they had kaepernick and and blaine gabbert and their offense sucked and chip kelly went to urban meyer and said this guy's really good you need to interview this guy you'll probably hire him chip kelly came to the woody hayes with ryan day i remember it like yesterday because we thought urban was gonna hire chip kelly and we were like oh my god this is amazing chip kelly's in the woody hayes he's gonna get the job but then urban hired ryan day and, I, and we we're all like Who's Ryan Day? We've never heard of Ryan Day. And nobody had ever heard of Ryan Day. But turned out to be a great hire. Really, really strong offensive mind. Um, so I think, like, to reciprocate that, to put him as your OC would just be absolutely incredible. Um, we have a ton of Super Chats. We've got four already. And I'm sure we're going to get a bunch more. So let's get through these real quick. Uh, Rick Moody, uh, thank you for being a Scoop Ultra member. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for the 10. If you have a question, toss that in uh, the chat. Mike Gillison, thank you for the five. Love the show, fellas. Appreciate you so much, my man. Again, it's um, the highlight of our, of our day. We count down the hours to get here uh, to kick it with you guys as our, we're lighting our phones on fire, talking all day, which is like, it's what we do. It's crazy. Uh, if you can get Chip, even if uh, Bill O'Brien doesn't get the BC job, I tell B.O.P. to pound Santa to take Chip. Thoughts, who would you take? Ooh, that's a juicy one, Nevada. Um, 
I don't know. If he doesn't get the BC job, man, it's like, you know, you got to go buy Chip Kelly out. Bill O'Brien's already here. But, you know, I'd be a little crinkled if I was Ryan. But, Nevada, I'll let you take that one. You know, if he doesn't get the job, is there any chance you'd move on him? No. There, there's yeah. no chance that you move on him. But having said that, if you ask me to handicap the board and you said, let's forget everything that's happened before now and say, who's your first choice, who's your second choice, who's your third choice? Chip Kelly's number one for me. Bill O'Brien's number two. Joe Moore's number three. That's how yeah. I have the board ranked. Um, that's my honest ranking. That's how I honestly feel. I think any of those guys are are exciting, innovative, uh, you know, terrific additions to Ohio State. But Chip would be as good as it gets. And from an exciting, if the 2024 season couldn't get any more exciting, <laughs> man, you throw Chip Kelly in the mix. I mean, I don't even know if I could contain myself. I would. I, it would. It would yeah. be like. It'd be too much. It'd be like, you know, it'd be, it'd be pandemonium. And, um, but this whole season has been pandemonium. You know, this all season has been pandemonium. So why, why not? Why not just throw another hand grenade in here and uh, have it come? Everything that Ryan's done this offseason has come up roses. Why not this one as well? And you end up with the number one guy on your board. And, and it could happen. So it's not, it's not crazy. Yeah. And, and the reason why I would swing to Chip Kelly is because of, like I said, the synergies. And like, if this is, a one you're dealing because it goes both ways. With Bill O'Brien, you're going to get a guy in here who's very opinionated. He's a strong offensive mind. He's run programs. He's been very successful. Worked for Saban. Worked for Belichick. You know, obviously, very very high level skill coach. But there's no relationship. There's no again. I keep seeing, saying the word synergy, but I mean that matters. Like if you get a guy in there that knows what's going on, you know, like again in 2012 when Urban uh, started his staff, you know. When we were in staff meetings in February, and our staff meetings in February were like the killing fields. I mean, Urban was unmerciless on the staff, and they were not fun. But he had Stan Drayton in there, and he had Zach Smith in there, and those guys knew the Florida offense better than any of us, by far, times a million. So he leaned on those guys to help teach us, and, hey, how, how did we do this? Hey, Zach, how did we do this? And those guys were really critical. So if Ryan Day's in those staff meetings – and he's talking to Chip and Justin Fry about some of the stuff that they've done, some of the stuff that they've liked, some of the stuff that they'd like to throw out or enhance. Like, that's important. Now, on the flip, if you have Bill O'Brien running the offense, it's also beneficial because you have a lot of new ideas, a lot of new ways of doing things. You Basically, with Bill O'Brien, you get fresh eyes on everything. So he's a fresh set of eyes that can look at the offensive line, look at the tight ends, look at the quarterback, say, hey, you know, this is how we do stuff. You know, I see how you do it. Maybe we could try it this way because um, like in spring, it's like a big workshop of tinkering, figuring out how to do stuff like the whole nine yards. And that's what's fun is like, again, in spring, you can experiment with stuff. You can say, you know, this is something that we did in Alabama or with the Patriots or whatever, or something we did with Brady's footwork. There's a million things you could do. So I think that they're both really compelling. But, you know, for this one shot, again, I'm not going to be Eminem, but one shot, one opportunity. Chip Kelly is scary, scary good if he gets with Ryan. Because, again, that's that's hiring your mentor. And you get your mentor in the building, man. All of a sudden, it's it's a whole different ball of wax because there's just there's less of a learning curve in the staff room. Tora, my dude, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for staying golden. Thanks for the 20. Uh, Akeem, the dream, my dude. Uh, Kirk, what's up? What's the deal, my brother? Stay golden and stay strapped, as always. You know how we do. I'm heading up to Buffalo tonight. Buffalo, man. I mean, it's not too cold in Buffalo right now, I don't think, but hopefully uh, you'll have a good time. What? Um, with that being said, much love to you in Nevada and the whole Buckeye Scoop family. Your boy, Tora. 
Guys, give Tor some love in the chat because Tor kills the game. Uh, he is the OG uh, running the show. So we appreciate you so much, Tor. You're the best. Tony Turley, my dude. We had a great talk on the phone today. Appreciate you, my man. Thanks for the 20. Thanks for being a Scoop Ultra member as well. Uh, Chip Kelly would be great. But if not him, has the name Tim, Tim Cramsey from Memphis come up at all? I have not heard that. Again, and, and, and again, the thing about the offensive coordinator search at Ohio State since the beginning of time, since the last 20 years, you know, since really since Jim Bowman left in 2011, I'd never heard of Tom Herman. I'd never heard of Mike Yurcich. I'd never heard of Ryan Day. So, you know, again, just because we haven't heard of him doesn't mean he's not in consideration. But, you know, we've heard a bunch of names. And Ryan was kind of looking under every rock to try to find the best solution to run the offense. Because, again, for Ryan, and again, I can call him a control freak. But a lot of great coaches are control freaks. You know, once they have that play sheet in their hand and they're really good at it and the offense is humming, it's really hard to give that up to somebody that you don't know or trust. But he was looking for that guy. So uh, Tim Cramsey from Memphis is a guy that I have not heard a ton about. I've heard about Jason Candle. Um, I've heard about Joe Moorhead. I've heard about Chip Kelly, obviously Bill O'Brien. But again, it's going to be interesting to see if this happens. If if there's a search, how long does the search take? Um what are your thoughts about it on Tim Cramsey from Memphis? Again, a lot of hot young coaches, but I think if I'm Ryan with this team and this roster and this opportunity to win a national championship, I want a real veteran guy. They're on a stone cold killer like Bill O'Brien, Chip Kelly, guys that have coached in big games, big time environments, big time pressure, because that's what it's going to take to win a national championship. What are your thoughts about it? Well, first of all, I want to call out Tony. Tony's another Hall of Fame member here on the channel and uh, appreciate him being here every night and doing his things. Thanks so much, Tony. Um, look, I, you make a great point. Every time we've named an offensive coordinator, my response has been, who the heck is this guy? Then I have to kind of shuffle around and find it. So the Bill O'Brien one was the first time that I've been like, yeah, I know who Bill O'Brien is. I know what's going on with that. I know who Chip Kelly is. I know who Joe Moorhead is. Um, look, I like Memphis's offense, but I, I, I do just have a feeling. And from talking to the agents, I just have a feeling that Ryan Day, you know, because this is his first time ever giving up the play calling, I just think he wants to give it up to a veteran. He wants to give it up and yeah. trust is a must or your game is a bust. And I think uh, that's why somebody like Chip Kelly makes so much sense. I think it's going to be an, a, an older, more experienced guy. But having said that, it could be somebody like this. They could name him Again, Memphis has got a terrific offense. A lot of fun watching them play. They put up points on the board. Um, so nothing would shock me, but I have not heard his name, but I'll, I'll continue to dig. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, and Joe Moorhead is really intriguing just because the recency bias of the fact that in 2021, he came in here and ran Oregon's offense and shredded us. So, I mean, you know, like Ur Urban Meyer hired Chris Ash because of how well he defended us in 2012 uh, when we went up to Wisconsin. Like he saw how good that their scheme was and how well coached up those guys were and how hard they played. And plus it was Tom Herman's best friend. So, you know, in 2013, obviously in 12, he didn't make any staff changes uh, in 13. When the wheels fell off the bus uh, on defense, uh, Everett Withers was moved on to James Madison um, and Chris Ash came in to run the defense. And you know, he did an immaculate job. And we obviously won a national championship in short order. And then he went on to be the head coach at Rutgers. But I think the familiarity is something that's intriguing to Ryan. Because, again, Ryan's got to have about five or six guys. Like, he's got to have a, a tick box, uh, box of 
these are the guys that are on my list. You know, if Bill O'Brien leaves, you know, I'm sure he's already reached out to these guys to see to gauge interest. And obviously with Chip Kelly being his mentor, like it's not really hard to to get that one in. But um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if there's someone out of left field because again, the last few guys that we've hired under Urban Meyer were guys out of left field and he, and even Ryan Day. So um, it's going to be exciting to see, you know, how this goes, but I'm just telling you, I love, uh, I love the direction of everything. I'm just really excited about all this. So um, coconut dream one, two, three, thank you for the five Ohio state football manager, 1986 to 1990 and Ohio state grad uh, bachelor's in elementary education and Spanish. That is a very good combo. Uh, what an honor. Greatest five years of my life. OSU for life. Our managers are awesome, and you're probably also a part of Varsity O because that's our manager's uh, policy. They get tickets forever. Uh, the managers do a lot of the dirty work. They set up everything at practice. Um, great people. You probably knew Larry Romanoff. He's a great dude. Uh, he was a manager for Woody Hayes way back in the day and a tutor, and he was part of the program for about 40 years. But, uh, yeah, our managers are big time, um, and they deserve all the kudos uh, and all the the adulation they get because those guys, uh, they're, they're like part of the, the team that – Nobody knows their names, but we can't really function without. Like, we have managers and interns that do a ton of work, a lot of dirty work, grunt work, um, and they're absolute base. So, appreciate you, Coconut Dream, and uh, thank you for helping us out uh, during those years. Uh, Deb Sobel, appreciate you being on here every night. Thank you for being a Scoop Ultra member as well. Liked Day's praise, Devin's leadership in the QB room. It seemed he understood he needed someone else to call plays. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Devin Brown isn't going to give this thing up. Now, I know Will Howard is the NIL baby and everyone's expected to start, but you know, he still has to win the job. You know, it's just like anything else. It's like in, you know, in the NFL, when they take a, a quarterback number one overall and they bring in a veteran to like, you know, take the first snap and mentor him. Like the, usually the guy still has to go win the job, you know? And that's something that I think that, you know, obviously I, I, everyone expects Will hard to take the first snap versus Akron week one, but you know, Devin Brown's not going to go out without a fight And this spring is the most important spring of his life. And, you know, for Devin, the spring game is really important. Because if say, you know, Will Howard looks great. He's the presumed number one guy. If Devin tears it up in the spring game, you know, you know, and he decides to enter the portal, like his options are going to be a lot, you know, broader than the limited amount of film that he had last year. You know, again, that's, it's going to be important for some of these guys. Some of these guys that are on the ledge between staying going, and I'm not saying Devin's going to enter it, but, you know, you got to have options and you want to play. So, you know, you got to consider everything when you're Devin. But, yeah, I expect Will Howard to start. But I think Devin Brown being really strong is nothing but a good thing for Ohio State because it'll push Will Howard to be better. Um, Nevada, uh, your thoughts on Devin Brown, uh, his maturation. And, you know, he's the most veteran guy in that room now. So, got to see what we can get out of him. Well, I mean, a couple of points. One, um, it's, you'd be hard-pressed to think of a Ohio State season where the second quarterback didn't come in at some point and save their bacon or make a big play or make an impact. And that this goes back throughout Ohio State's history. You can Even back to 68, I think Majakowski saved him a couple of times uh, during the Super Softs. And, you know, that, that happens. And, and there's never been a longer, deeper season than this when you're going to maybe need a backup quarterback or your third quarterback to make plays for you, make big plays and meaningful plays as the season goes along. Yeah, that's the first point. Second point is Will Howard's a one-year deal at best. So Will Howard comes and wins the Heisman, does the, Devin, you're the you're the, the heir apparent, you're the leader in the clubhouse to be the starter the year after that. 
which is as good a situation as you could possibly hope for anywhere in the country. So, you know, I, I, I think this sets up well for him. You've got Julian saying, I mean, you've got, look, you've got a deep quarterback room. Uh, you know, these guys all want to be at Ohio State. And I think Ryan made a good point about that today, but they're looking for guys that really want to be at Ohio State. And that's important in this portal era because if you get guys that are just here, it's just transactional, they're just mercenary, they're here for the wrong reasons, man, it's easy to leave. And if guys are here for the right reasons, it's harder to leave. And I think he feels like he's got a quarterback room of guys that all want to be here. And, um, yeah, it's five guys. Yeah, that's you know, maybe that's a, it's going to be challenging to get them reps, but it gives them critical depth, and it gives them something to build on for not only this year but the year beyond that. that that's only a good thing. No, I, I totally agree. I just think that, you know, for Devin, you got to weigh the prospects of winning the job in a year, winning a job this year, and also – what are your options? Because you got to remember, like Kyle McCord, you know, I mean, he's a guy that started 11, went 11 and one as a starter, third team All Big Ten, and he hit the portal, and it was like, Ugh. like, is it Nebraska or Syracuse who stinks? And it, so it wasn't like it was USC and Georgia, and you know, now I know, like, obviously, I'm just being facetious. Cause I know a lot of those guys already have quarterbacks, Carson Beck, whatever, but you know, it wasn't like the, the powerhouses were coming after Kyle McCord. He ended up at Syracuse and. Their schedule is not very tough, but it's a terrible program. So, I mean, he's got to have his work cut out for him because he's not throwing it to Marvin anymore. He's throwing it to a bunch of guys that would never play at Ohio State uh, in the wide receiver room. So, again, if that's where our 11-1 and quarterback lands, where is Devin going to land? So, you have to really weigh all of that out. Appreciate you, Deb. As always, you're in here every night. So, thank you for being an excellent member of the Scoop family. Uh, Coconut Dreams 123, my manager. Appreciate you, my man. Thank you for the five... Hey, Kirk, do you remember the pregame meals at the Scarlet Course? Of course, greatest filet mignon and pecan rolls ever. OH, Nevada. I O. So, the pregame meal uh, at the golf course is one of the great traditions at Ohio State. Um, you know, we go over there, you know, they've got like filet mignons. They've got, they have these pecan rolls, which is like a Woody Hayes staple. So, the pecan rolls is like Woody Hayes's signature dessert. So, like, we would take these pecan rolls on the road, wrapped up in tinfoil. We'd serve them hot at the golf course, put butter on them, drink milk. I mean, we, we would eat like 5,000 calories at dinner. It was amazing. And we eat you know, steak with ranch. It was the fattest thing you've ever seen in your life. But it's really good. And again, you're you're loading up the calories because the next day is going to be a war. So you got to get ready to roll. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a great tradition on Friday nights at the golf course. Um, you know that it's it's coming. Like the, the, the sand is coming out of the hourglass at that point once you get to the golf course because then it's real. And then... All you got left is you go to the you go to the Blackwell Hotel, spend the night, and you wake up and it's game time. So, um, but it's always fun. It's always loose. You know that's kind of the, the fun thing is Friday night um, was always real loose and fun and relaxed and stuff. And then you know Saturday is it's Full Metal Jacket. I mean, so that's when it, you turn up and it gets a little crazy. But those Fridays were always so fun with your teammates and kicking it. And again, like I. Yeah, I, I always enjoyed it just because you know that the next day it's it's hammer time. It's time to to get out and, and go get it and really get after some people. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's fun because you work all week for that that Friday night at the golf course, and um, it's just great to hang out with your teammates and have a, a meal before you go and you get into uh, you get into it. Jesse Becker, thank you for the five. Uh, appreciate you, my friend. Which recruit transfer are you most excited to see? Ooh, that's a great one. Uh, only watch you and Minnesota sports for college football news. It's hard, hard being a Bucks fan in Michigan. Now, I will say this, and you guys will probably log off. You guys will probably block me. You guys will probably 
I when I played for the Detroit Lions, like I actually liked the state of Michigan. Now, they're gonna hate me for that, but Michigan it's a lot like Ohio. And when I lived up there in 08 or 09, we dominated Michigan. So every time I'd go to the grocery store or anywhere, I was full regalia, Ohio State. I looked like Brutus Buckeye walking through the store. It was awesome. And I'd wear a red shirt. So I look like a big, you know, a, I looked like a Clifford the Big Red Dog walking through the store. But I make sure everybody knew I was from Ohio State, which is amazing. You know, everybody's like, it's like it's oh, like, we can't hey, go. Hey, Kool-Aid. Hey, Kool-Aid. Hey, Kool no, I was. No, I was Kool-Aid. I'd, <laughs> I'd run right through the brick wall and I, I'd go in there and seal like a rotisserie chicken and five, you know, frozen pizzas. And they didn't know what to do because I was like, I was as big as the Kool-Aid man. But no, I, um, I get, I guess hard being a Bucks fan of Michigan. It's a lot harder since we've lost the last three, but you know, when we ripped off like, you know, 18 out of 19, it was pretty fun. Cause when I was up there, we would whoop the, the dog crap out of them. And it was always fun cause nobody could say anything. And most people didn't even wear Michigan stuff cause they were so embarrassed of how bad they were. Um, I'm excited. God, man. It's so, so okay. Let's not say Caleb Downs cause Caleb Downs is obviously the guy that we're all going to say, cause he's so good. He might be the best defensive player in the country. I'm excited to see Quinshawn Judkins. Cause I think that he's a guy, um, underrated, uh, it's a raging bull. I think that the synergy between him and, uh, Trey Henderson is going to be awesome. And I think that the fact that they're pulling for each other, working together, um, they're, 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 they see the business opportunity of those two guys splitting carries and being fresh in a long season. It's going to be awesome. Cause he is an absolute monster. He's a hammer. Every time I watch his film, I get giddy. Like I was like, we just got a first team all sec running back to transfer to Ohio state, not Bama, not Georgia, not Florida to Ohio state. So that is awesome. Uh, and he's from Montgomery, Alabama, home of our boy Jerry Cocan, who's a huge uh, Scoop fan and a Scoop sponsor, four-star Freightliner. Nevada, who is your favorite uh, transfer person that you're waiting, you're excited to watch? Uh, it's a it's a lot. There's a lot of ties, but I'm going to have to go with Will Howard just because, you know, see, I, I want to see what he can do because I loved him when he was when he was playing K State. I I, I loved I love what he was doing, and I just want to see what he can do with this offense and these tools and these guys. And I just think it's going to be something really special. And uh, to have a sturdy quarterback that can tuck it and run on third and six and run guys over and pick up those first downs, um, that's going to do my heart good. And uh, that'll do my heart as much good as seeing you as like the Kool-Aid guy running Kool -Aid down the house. These, these Big Kool-Aid. <laughs> the, the, Michigan, the Michigan Myers were never the same. <laughs> They're turning in insurance because this, this guy ran through the walls like Kool-Aid man. You know, he's wearing he's wearing a Brutus Buckeye head and a big red shirt that said Ohio State football uh, dominates Michigan. Um, Sean, thank you for the five. Chris Holtman should volunteer his remaining salary to be used to attract a new OC. Least he could do. You know what's funny is Nevada and I like a, like a week or so ago, like men's basketball is playing. We're like, all right, we're gonna do a show at six o'clock, and you know. We did it, and a lot of you guys expect us every night at 7. So, uh, like, our audience wasn't great. And so last night, there's a basketball game. We're like, screw it. We're going at 7. People are tuning out basketball because they don't want to be sad anymore. And then, sure as can be, they blow an 18-point lead, which is almost impossible in college basketball. And it's especially impossible versus a terrible Indiana team. So uh, we were rolling at 7 versus a basketball game. We had a huge audience. So thank you guys for tuning in. A lot of you guys can watch this on your iPad and put the basketball game on if you want. Uh, but I'm sure that as that lead was dwindling, more people were tossing us up on their smart TVs uh, and less on the iPad. So, yeah, um, again, Chris Holtman, very nice guy, very personal guy. But uh, I think the end is near. I think it's you know, he probably knows the end is near. But 
Your thoughts about it? Should Chris Holtman volunteer his remaining salary to get us a new OC? Yeah, uh, he's probably not going to do that, but he's probably not going to be back next year. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're – no, I don't think – I know – they're sourcing out candidates right now. They're looking at different alternatives. And uh, with the new uh, AD coming in, I think it's going to be kind of you know right up there with the first order of business moving on him. So, um, like I said, great guy. Such a gentleman. Uh, such a, ni- a nice guy. Easy to root for a guy. But, uh, you know, life is about you, you are what your record says you are right now. These records aren't very good. So probably time to make a change. Totally great. Ohio seven seven one five, aka Dev, aka the uh, the fixer of the uh, pipe last night under the house. Appreciate you, my man. You're the absolute best. Uh, glad you got that workout in today. I was getting the stairmaster in. He was getting it in. I was like, yeah, we got to work out so we can get this anxiety out about the OC searching, hoping we can get Chip Kelly. Uh, stay strapped, fellas. See, you and Tora might be long lost brothers. I appreciate you, my man. Y'all, the best of the business of covering the best team in the nation. Let's get fired up for the season. We're loaded. Oh, Nevada. I oh, I love it. But dude, I appreciate you so much. Again, getting to know you guys like offline is as fun as doing the show. So uh, again, appreciate all your support of the channel, being on here every night, being a Scoop Ultra member. Uh, it's just it's awesome. So you know, I get to know people that I wouldn't know, people all over the country. Uh, it's fun getting to know the backstories, um, sharing some you know how this people look forward to this, how it's helped them uh, learn football, have something fun to watch every night. So again. It's awesome, and we're so grateful for you guys. Because, again, I say it, and this is an Urban Meyer thing. Urban used to say this on Thursday nights when we'd finish our last practice. You know, it's a big – he would always say it's a big game because you guys made it one, not them. Be getting ready to play Michigan or Penn State. It's a big game because the Buckeyes made it one, not Penn State. Not, they're, everyone's here to see you guys. The big, the big satellites are outside to see you guys. So I always say this is a big show because you guys made it one not anybody else you guys made it one so we appreciate you guys kicking it with us every night especially guys like uh devin and tora you guys are the absolute best uh thank you guys for kicking it and supporting the channel tony you, all you hall of famers are killing it all of you guys are killing it so again we're always so grateful and we never take you guys for granted so we're always on here crank it every night because i know if i take one day off out of five months i get blown up on instagram and twitter and facebook and everywhere because people think i died if i didn't podcast which is amazing because it's so funny because we went on we went on christmas day we went on thanksgiving <laughs> we're just we're just hey we're, we're out here ready to go let's go no regrets you had great questions last night thank you for being a scoop ultra member would ozzy trapio be a jonah jackson level get Ooh, that is very very close that's a great comparison uh if not please give me a comparison I think he would be, man. He's preseason All-ACC. He was second-team All-ACC. So usually if you're second-team All-ACC as a junior, you know all the preseason magazines will have his first-team All-ACC because usually whoever's first team is moving on to the draft. But that's a great comp. Yeah, I think he'd absolutely be a Jonah Jackson-level get. Uh, Jonah has been fantastic in the NFL. He's been a Pro Bowl guard uh, on maybe the best line in the NFL with Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell, um, Frank Ragnow. Like the, the Lions have a, a dominating offensive line. Uh, to go with Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. But that's a great comparison. Ozzy is a guy that we'd back the Brinks truck up for. I talked to some very, very high-level collective people today. They're ready. If he wants to jump in the boat, man, I mean, he's a really good player. Six foot eight. You can't teach six foot eight. Angular, tall, big-time NFL prospect. Second, third-round pick projected right now. A guy that probably could have dipped out and gone to the league this year, but he wants another year of uh, getting fine-tuned. But, hey, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Nevada, your thoughts on Ozzy Trapio? 
Uh, he's a good one. And he's, uh, like you said, he's a guy that Ohio State covets. He's a guy that Ohio State um, and their collective is willing to, to you know, go to extra mile to get. And um, from talking to his people, I think he's strongly considering doing it. I think it may, there's a lot of reasons for him to do it right now. And I think he's, he, I think he's looking for reasons to do it as opposed to reasons not. I, I think he wants to wait till the head coach is announced um, to you know, appear to be doing his due diligence on this. But if I had to bet right now, I'd say it's, you know, he's leaning towards entering the portal. And if he goes to the portal, he's going to Ohio State. So um, I think we got a really, really good shot here. Yeah. And again, I, he would be a game changer for us to get at right tackle. Sean Rollins, uh, thanks for being a Scoop Ultra member, my friend. Thank you for the 10. Thank you for being on here every night. Again, the regulars are big-time regulars. So, you know, I, I know you guys love watching this show. I don't know if you guys ever go out to eat or anything. You get your iPad propped up or whatever, your phones. But I appreciate you guys being on here every night, seeing you guys. And a lot of you guys have joined our, our message board, BuckeyeScoop.com. So it's cool seeing all the screen names that are on here on there now. Um especially this guy, because this guy is really active on BuckeyeScoop.com, and he starts great threads and has really great dissertation. Poobeard12, thanks for being an ultra member, my man. Thanks for the five. I think we got Chip. Justin Fry would benefit greatly. I totally agree. Uh, UCLA, with less O-line talent, was 12th in the nation in rushing yards per game each of Fry's offensive coordinator seasons. Now, again, less talent on the O-line, but the difference is they had Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and they ran him. So when your quarterback runs for you know, hundreds of yards in the season, everyone's averages go up. Everything's a lot easier. It's a lot harder to defend. And that's been a bugaboo for Ryan. And again, we talk about that all the time on the scoop where it's like, you know, if you have a guy that can run like Will Howard, it's just a million times harder to defend. It's like, you know, I always aching it to, you know, not running the quarterback in modern football, the NFL or college or high school or whatever would be like if you coached an NBA team and you said you guys were not allowed to shoot three-pointers. Because, you know, the NBA is all about three-pointers. There's no more Patrick Ewings and Olajuwon's and David Robinson's. Like, everybody can go out there, step out, and shoot threes. So that's what running the quarterback's like. You know, and again, that's where the game's changed. And again, I know Ryan is, is, is very protective of the quarterbacks. He doesn't want them to get hurt. You know, but it's football. You know, and again, I want guys to run to green grass, and when there's a big guy getting ready to kill you, slide. You know, bring in the baseball coach, bring in Ryan Miller, who's the first baseman for our, our baseball team. He's a superstar. He's going to be a high draft pick. Have him teach these guys to slide. And then magically, like, they don't get hurt. You know, because you'll see, well, watch the Super Bowl. You know, and what did, when they needed it the most in the NFC Championship, Brock Purdy, huge scramble to ice the game. When Mahomes, when everything breaks down, he takes off. And he's not, a, he's not Mike Vick. He's not Lamar Jackson. But, you know, he's a 4'7 guy, and he can get from point A to point B and go get a chunk of yards. And, again, when you convert on a second and medium, a third and medium, where everything's covered, the defense is perfect, and the quarterback runs, and then he converts, it's absolutely deflating and backbreaking to that entire team. Not just the defense on the field, but the offense is getting ready to get off the bench and go, uh, go take the field and, and try to score. So, again... Big advocates of it, um, and, and again, I think Chip Chip's a guy, if there's one guy that could get Ryan Day to run the quarterback, it's Chip Kelly, because Chip Kelly does it better than anybody in the country, and I'm super excited about that. Nevada, your thoughts on Chip uh, and Justin Fry benefiting from uh, Chip coming on board? Yeah, they, they certainly would, would benefit, but one of the things we had to talk about with Chip, and this is, it's kind of interesting because this is kind of the elephant in the room, and nobody's really talking about it, but... 
Chip Kelly is currently the head coach at UCLA, and he's interviewing for the Seattle <laughs> Seahawks job. And I talked to one of my sources at UCLA, and he's like, you know, it's almost like he's trying to get fired. He's trying to get them to move on him and fire him right now because, it, look, he's pr probably the leader in the clubhouse to be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. He's interviewing for Seattle's job. He's put his, his, his hat in the ring for other off that NFL jobs. And he's currently a head coach at UCLA, and nobody talks about that. And I just find that hysterical um, because you can tell that he's just mentally checked out from where he is right now, and he wants so bad to be somewhere else. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing this to provoke a response from UCLA and try to get them to move on him and try to fire him before. And, you know, in either way, either scenario, he's fired, he leaves or whatever, then – now you've got UCLA's roster open up. Now, do they have a player that we can use? Do they have a defensive tackle? Do they have a uh, tight end? Do they have an offensive lineman that we can poach? Well, you know, Justin Fry and and, uh, and Chip would probably have a pretty good idea about that roster. And, you know, it just opens up a whole other set of possibilities. So, um, you know, buckle up. But uh, I, I think things are going to get spicy there with Chip Kelly and and by extension, the UCLA roster is now on sale. So uh, maybe we look there. Yeah, the, the O-line, there's nothing. So I remember I looked this up. Uh, the only guy they had, they had a, a guy that was a redshirt senior that was second team. I've got the, the all-Pac-12 uh, team pulled up. Um, there's not a lot on the on either team from UCLA. Uh, there's a redshirt senior. They had Now, their one D lineman is awesome, but he's off to the NFL draft. He was dominant at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Lateo Latu. But no underclassmen to speak of. But they might have a young guy. I don't know. I mean, this is just the first and second team uh, deal. But uh, they had a lot of seniors. Um, they've got a, a redshirt junior that was honorable mention, D lineman. They, had, they actually have two junior D linemen that were honorable mention. Uh, so I don't know how good they are. But if they play D tackle, I'm taking them because we need as much depth as we can on that. So, uh, oh, Dr. Sue. Sue is in the building. I heard a very, very funny story about you today. And again, you'll be like, what's going on? Who do you know? Tony Turley, who we had a nice talk today. Um, he's going to do some uh, stuff to help out the program. Uh, said you were his doctor back in the day, which is hilarious. So I uh, appreciate you taking care of my boy, Tony. He's a great dude. Uh, I hope you're doing good. Um, thank you for the five as well. My concern about Kelly is that he'll be a yes man to Ryan and won't bring any new ideas. Thoughts? Well, the thing about Chip Kelly, you know, again, like I, in my life, my high school coach is like my dad and he's a guy, he's a fantastic coach. He's from the Bear Bryant school of pain. Uh, very difficult guy to play for a lot like urban Meyer, him and urban, urban Meyer revered my high school coach. Cause really tough, hard nose, you know, every day was full metal jacket. So, you know, if I hired him to be my offensive coordinator and I tried to tell him what to do, it probably wouldn't go over too well. And I imagine if Ryan Day hires Chip Kelly, now even though Ryan Day's in the big chair and he's making, you know, 11 million or whatever, like Chip's going to be able to answer to Ryan. And again, I think that's healthy. I think that, you know, you want an offensive coordinator that'll stand up to the head coach because Tom Herman would get after with Ryan, with Urban Meyer now. And again, that was, it wasn't always, you know, uh, let's drink Sunday Delight and eat chocolate donuts. It was like, let's you know get after it a little bit. And I think that, you know, Ryan would respect Chip because he's been through the battles with him. He knows what he's made of. And again, I think that's the same thing with Bill O'Brien. If Bill O'Brien says, I'm just as happy because, you know, you need a guy who isn't scared to stand up to the head coach. I'm not saying you got to be demonstrative or be disrespectful, but 
you know, it's not all smooth seas during the season. There's some choppy waters, and you need some guys that can navigate that. And I think Chip Kelly and Bill O'Brien, that's why they're a lot more appealing to me than, like, Jason Candle or some 34-year-old hot you know, Liam Cohen who's 36 years old. Like, I, that guy's going to have a lot harder um, time standing up front. And, again, that was the biggest issue I had with the, with the past staff. We had a lot of young coaches that had never been in anything than interns and quality control coaches at Ohio State. And I'm like, how on earth are they going to stand up to Ryan Day? who's, you know, this monstrous presence. He's, you know, making a fortune. He's coaching the NFL. Um, whereas when you bring in Bill O'Brien, he's not going to have any problem with it because he's, you know, he's there to, to get a, get after it. And so is Chip Kelly. So um, I don't think Ryan um, and Chip, you know, again, they'll be friendly, but I think if Chip wants to do something, Ryan's going to, you know, let him do it because it's going to be Chip's offense uh, with Ryan Day, you know, overseeing him being the head coach. Your thoughts on that, Nevada? Do you think uh, that with Kelly – He'll just be a yes man to ranks. I can't see that at all. Yeah. You know, people that know Chip, that would not be consistent with his personality to be a yes man to anybody. And, you know, clearly that would be the understanding too brought in that he'd be brought in to run the offense. The whole reason that it, handing it over to somebody is so that Ryan could do other things. And like you said, while there's going to be healthy debate and there's going to be a lot of collaboration, uh, no, I don't think Chip would uh, – have any trouble standing up or, or feel like he has to rubber stamp what Ryan Day is asking to do. I don't, he's certainly not at that point in his life, his career or his experiences. So nothing about his past would indicate that that would be what would happen. Yeah. And, and I, I spent some time with Chip Kelly before the Oregon Ohio state game in Dallas. We were staying at the same hotel. So we we're in the same restaurant and I, I just went up and started talking to him. Cause I was like, you know, urban Meyer loves you. And he talks about you all the time about how, innovative you are and this guy's like who is this guy and i kept asking him all these questions but he couldn't have been greater because he was explaining stuff that he liked to do in practice and you know most teams have their their last practice on thursday he does it on friday thursday is like his easy day um he has all these like things where he's done you know these neurological studies and physical you know uh the, these things and he's just a different cat now in the nfl a lot of that doesn't fly because guys are used to the old school nfl way but you know i always liked hearing why he did so stuff so off schedule like the ways he did it and i again he like we talked for probably 45 minutes and he is a guy that i was fascinated by because you know if urban meyer likes him and clinics with him and bill belichick does that's the guy i want to get to know and i want to listen to what he has to say because again you know there's a reason if, if two of the greatest coaches in the world listen to this guy and listen to why he does what he does like a guy like me is wants to know um, but yeah, he's, he's the guy that if we get him, I, I might have tears of joy flowing for the whole podcast. Cause him with Ryan and Will Howard and Justin Fry would be terrifying for the big 10, uh, Brendan Shelley. Thanks for the 10. Any chance we see AJ on in the future or is he too busy fondling Pat on show? I had AJ on a couple years ago. You got, you have to understand. I'll ask him. I know that he's ultra busy he's got four kids he's on the mcafee show when i had him back in the day he wasn't on the mcafee show so i know he's, he already has to do like two hours a day of television but i love aj hawk he's one of the greatest teammates you could ever have he's one of the hardest workers he's a great example for everyone in the program you know when you have guys that are like the standard bearer for the program that's what Laurenitis was that's what aj hawk was everything the right way always working extra always staying late always getting there early um always willing to help um you know, and he was a nasty player on the field, nasty, fighting, tough as nails. Um, you know, he was like the prototype. You know, he'd be a guy like if you said, Kirk, build your all-time Ohio State team, he's on it. He's my starting will linebacker. I don't care 
about Kuzina or anybody else. I'm taking AJ over any of those guys because I just know the guy. Uh, but I'll try to get him on because, again, I, I love AJ. And he knows that. Again, you know, we were – it was one of those things where, like, it's kind of like real recognized real. Like, I mean, you know, not everybody likes me, but they knew that when I showed up, it was it was all business. And I wasn't out there to make friends and break bread. I was out there to whoop them. And uh, AJ knew that and he liked that. So I'd love to get AJ on here because he's he's killing it on the McAfee show. And I'm just so happy for him. Uh, Coconut Dreams, one, two, three, again uh, with the 20 – our manager, I have to remember that. You got to get like a Woody Hastings for uh, for that. Or Earl, were you under Earl, probably under Earl Bruce. There we go. Shout out to Coach Earl Bruce. Earl Bruce was awesome. Coach Chuck Heater, also awesome. All the DBs, especially the Mob Squad, MOB, Men's of Brutality. I like that. Uh, George Rogan, Sonny Gordon, William White, God rest his soul, Terry White. Um, and Bo Pelini was a freshman at DB my freshman year, too. Bo is a wild man. Now, he beat us in 07 uh, when he was at LSU, so I'll never forgive him for that. He was the D.C. It was his last game before he went to Nebraska. But I talked to him at a, a Youngstown State outing uh, when Tress was the president and Bo was the, the head coach, and he was awesome. I mean, he is, like, he's always turned up, ready to go, ready to fight. Like, I mean, he's, he's a wild man. And, again, those are my kinds of guys. So I like Bo Pelini. Um, I know it didn't work out from his last job at LSU, but good ball coach. Uh, really knows the game. And, uh, yeah, he, he is a wild one. But I appreciate you, my man. Again, I love hearing from people that were in the program, like old managers and stuff. That's awesome that you found the show, and I'm glad you enjoy it. Patriot, great name. I love the American flag, AVI. Thank you for the 20. Some for the troops. Love the show. The Paid Forward Fund has been doing awesome. Again, if you guys have any people that you would like for us to sign up, Email us at BuckeyeScoop at gmail.com. Uh, you know, mil- we need a military ID or police ID. Uh, we'll get you guys fixed up, but we've been doing that. It's been going gangbusters because um, it grows our website. So a lot of people get access to it. Uh, they get to kick it on the website all day. Again, you guys like you know this for an hour and a half every night, but we're on the website for 20 hours a day, basically. I mean, we might sleep for six hours, but the rest of the time we're on BuckeyeScoop.com. So uh, we appreciate you guys uh, supporting these guys because it is awesome. Uh, taking care of the people that keep us free. And we don't take that for granted on Buckeye Scoop. We're very pro-police, pro-military, and we'll never forget that, and that will never, ever change. Uh, Freddie C., thank you for the 20. Listen to you guys every night while working. Love the show. OH, Nevada. I-O. Well, good. I appreciate you. Again, we love hearing that people, this gets me through my workout, gets me through my morning jog, my commute. Uh, my work day. So again, like we just love to be a part of what you do. Uh, hopefully we're additive. We make the time go by if you guys are uh, working and, you know, instead of clock watching, you can listen to us talk about Chip Kelly and how I might cry if he becomes our offensive coordinator. Uh, Sean Krutka, thanks for the five. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for always being on here. As always, I hear people talk about downs as if it's guaranteed he'll stay at OC for two years. Is that just hope or is he unable to transfer again after 24? Well, I, I mean... I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I can't imagine this kid, you know, Jim Knowles and Tim Walton did a fantastic job on this kid. And so did the foundation. You know, those guys really got to know him, worked with him. They took care of him. I mean, he got, you know, a package that would choke an elephant. Um, and I, 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 and honestly, like, again, I might be the biggest NIL fan in the world. And you guys all say, oh, I hate it. I love NIL. We have Caleb Downs playing adjuster safety. I'll take NIL over non-NIL any day of the week because we whooped Georgia in the NIL game. Our NIL group, led by Brian Schottenstein and, and Bill Lewis at the foundation, 
are killing the game. I mean, they got in with the family, with Gary Downs, the dad. Um, you know, Tim Walton was was in deep. Jim no Jim Knowles was the closer along with Ryan Day. And again, I just don't know. You know, if you're a kid who wants to go to the NFL in three years, I don't think it looks great if you're a guy that is program hopping. But from everything I've been told from the people that are working out with him, they love this kid and he loves it here. And he is a terror in the weight room and in these workouts right now. So I don't know what would make him transfer because it's not like this team's going anywhere but up. So, you know, and when you got Tim Walton, who is, is you know, maybe that he's probably the hottest recruiter in the nation right now. I mean, in terms of his prestige and the level of players he's bringing in. And, you know, there's a reason why Ryan Day bumped him up to run the whole secondary um, you know, he became like, I don't know what the name was, but he was kind of promoted to run the, the kind of like a passing game coordinator type title. Uh, I, I think that it's, uh, it'd be shocking to me if he would take off after this year to hit the portal again, but your thoughts on that Nevada. Yeah. You have to remember, I mean, these portal moves for these guys are really about you know, trying to you know, create or guarantee generational wealth in the NFL draft. And while these, you know, the payments that they get along the way are nice, it's not the end of the game for them. So for, when guys like Davison come or a guy like Caleb comes, it's like the reason we talk about two years is because they can't go to the NFL for two seasons. You know, they're prohibited you know, by, the, uh, by the rules that exist. And it just wouldn't make sense for them to leave one place, go to Ohio State for one year, and then move on again. While, it, it, you know, while it's theoretically possible, uh, I just don't think it's practical. And I, I, you haven't really – I don't think I've seen it at all uh, while NIL is relatively new, the portals that you know relatively new, uh, it would be it'd be super unusual to see it with somebody who's a you know a starter or a guy that's you know participating, a guy that's not like buried on the on the depth chart somewhere. So now I, I think uh, I don't think we really have, on on the things on the list of things to worry about that that's pretty far <laughs> down the that's pretty far down the list. So yeah, that, that's that's like uh, that's up there with like Ryan Day being able to afford like a caniac from raising canes or something like I'm. Yeah, I think he's okay. Exactly. He's got a long-term extension and his bonus with his bonus, he could probably buy an entire franchise. So it's all good. Um, TG Buckeye 10. Thank you for the five. This is very interesting. Um, so I'm going to do this two ways. Kirk put together the best offensive line from all the guys you've played with or coached Nevada, your Super Bowl bets and props scoop to the moon. Yes. Scoop to Jupiter because Jupiter is red and Ohio state is red. So we like Jupiter. Um, but anyways, uh, I'm going to do my Ohio State one. I probably put Taylor Decker at right tackle. I put Muhort at left tackle. Um, Norwell at left guard. I'd put Mangold at center. And I'd put Lindsley at right guard. So that's a pretty strong line. If you want me to go all the way to the top and go to the NFL, then it's Andrew Whitworth at left tackle, who's a Hall of Famer all day, played like 20 years in the league or whatever. Uh, his last game was when the Rams won the Super Bowl. Joe Staley, another Hall of Famer uh, from the 49ers at right tackle. I'd still put Mangold at center just because he's a pro bowler, fringish type Hall of Famer. Oh, man, that's tough. I, you know, Jake Long was really good. Um, God, I'm going to have to think of the last two. I mean, I could probably go with Norwell again and Lindsley. Norwell and Lindsley is my interior guys because they're both pro bowlers, you know, highest paid guys in, in their position. So, I think that's it. Those are guys, uh, that'd be my crew on uh, for Ohio State only and then the entire NFL. Nevada, you need your Super Bowl bets and props. Scoop to the moon. I love that. That might, that might end up on a t-shirt. 
look, I gave you guys winners in both the NFC and AFC championship game. If you remember, remember, I, I'm like, take both dogs on the points. They remember Nevada, Nevada buck to the moon on that one. Easiest prop on the board. Taylor Swift, not to be proposed by Travis Kelsey after the game. You get that from minus 250. That is easy money right now. He is not going to propose to Taylor Swift after the game. That's the big prop bet that you can get right there. I know that sounds like a crazy one, but you can find that one. You can actually make money on this stuff. And uh, that's my prop. Other than that, um, I I like the game to go over. I I think it's going to be an overish kind of game. Just have a feeling there's going to be some scoring. Um, on that field, there's some of the, a lot of slips on the defensive players. Yep. Uh, good offensive players trying to go on that. But so I'm going to go the over and Travis Kelsey not to propose to Taylor Swift after the game. Well, because like, you know, they got to win the game, you know, for right. that to even be a possibility. Right, right. So it's like they got to win and beat San Francisco is good. I mean, I know they have a huge edge at quarterback, but the 49ers are better everywhere else across the board. So, I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's a really good one, but. I don't know. I think I think that would be incredibly tacky, and I, I don't think that she would be down with that. I think that they'd want it to be like a private, you know, rent out, you know, do something like you know, private in front of family or something like that. I don't think you'd want it to be like, you know, because I think you know if he did that, it would like detract from the entire. You know, if the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl, that would detract from the entire win because all of the headlines would be Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift. It wouldn't be about. Andy Reid's final game because this is going to be Andy Reid's final game. They're going to make Steve Spagnuolo the head coach in all likelihood uh, after the game. So you take all of it away from your teammates, and it just it looks really selfish to do something like that. Now, if you're just Joe Schmo, if you're a backup offensive lineman and do it, nobody would notice. But if you if it's Travis and Taylor Swift, man, it's going to be. I mean that that would be insane. And I, I just think that she's her PR team is too strong. They would never let that happen. And they haven't been dating that long. Like, what are we talking about? So go take the free Tinkerbuck money. Um, <laughs> get Tinkerbuck warmed up again. Uh, Rivia uh, Tube, thanks for the five. Uh, love all their moves Ryan Day is making. If we assume Ryan Day stays for the next 10 years, how many natties would you like to say he wins? I'll go with three. That's, that seems like a good number. We could get three in the next 10 years if he stays. Um, like I said, Saban's gone. Uh, he's a young, you know, I mean, Ryan Day's a young buck, man. He still has a lot of, uh, a lot of juice in front of him, uh, and our NIL is killing it. So I'm going to say 10. Um, I just love everything about what Ohio State's doing right now. Uh, I love Ross Bjork, the new AD. Um, he's going to energize the fundraising, get us a new football building. Uh, but your thoughts on that? I'm going to go with four. I think we're going to become the new Bama. I think somebody's got to uh, fill the void. It's the, the law of energy there in the universe, and I think with uh, Saban going and Bama – you know, people forget how truly mediocre Bama was for a really, really, really long time post Bear Bryant. And um, I think uh, I'm going to go with four. I think Ohio State's going to go on a little mini run here. And right, once Ryan gets that first taste, kind of figures it out, he's going to be he's going to be hard to beat these situations. Yeah, and I think that part of what made Bama great is like everyone wants to go in a national championship. So recruits that are five stars and superstars are like. Let's just keep the, the the snowball rolling. Let's just keep getting it bigger and stronger and faster. And I think that's what's going to happen here. Because, again, I, I think that talent and greatness attracts talent and greatness. And that's what's going on. Like Caleb Downs is showing up and Will Howard. Like these guys want to play with great receivers and great offensive minds and great strength coach and Mickey Marotti. So, you know, like that, it makes all the sense in the world. And those guys are all 
loaded for bear and really hungry uh, to be successful. So that's a great question. Appreciate you, my man. Uh, Christian, thank you for the five. Compared to past season, where's where does this upcoming season rank as far as excitement for you guys? Love watching best show out there. God bless, man. I mean, outside of maybe the 15 season when we had everybody back and you know, it, it seemed like we'd be a cinch to win the national championship, like this might be it for me. I mean, with you know, especially if we get Chip Kelly or Bill O'Brien to stay, I mean, I think it's just going to be astronomically high um, because everything's breaking. Like Saban's gone, Jim Harbaugh's gone. Um, there was a great article on footballscoop.com um, that I put on buckeyescoop.com that's literally all about Michigan has the most losses ever for a, a returning national championship team. So, you know, I, I think that it's uh, it's it's as exciting as it can be because I mean Michigan is absolutely pillaged at this point and we've we're loaded. Um, but what is what's your thought on that, Nevada? I mean, for me, it's number one um, for all the reasons you talked about. But then I'm going to throw on top of that plus the expanded playoff. I mean, the expanded playoff. You know, just it, you're talking about adding you know potential games, but also you think about the some of the national championships that we've had derailed, and we've we've been famously derailed, you know, in '15 and '98, and I mean we can go through the years by like that you know, the crazy game with Plaxico Burris and Michigan state. And, you know, I mean, if that happened this year, it's not the end of days. If if we slip up at Austin and lose against Oregon, it's not all over. And look, I I've been one of the ones, you know, kind of wondering about diminishing the, uh, the regular season. Well, this is the, there's always a benefit. There's always a silver lining. The reciprocal benefit is, Hey, if we lose that game for some some you know, ball bounces off somebody's head, referee's bad call, whatever, it's not it's not over. And no. uh, in a twelve team playoff, given how deep we are and given how experienced we are, and, and we're going to be tough to beat. So um, I, I like I said, my excitement level for this year is is off the chart. Um, you know, the Bill O'Brien thing just makes it even more spicy. I love to say yeah. I really think the ship I think the ship has sailed. I really do. Um, I think I think he's gone, but if it's, if he stayed, that'd be crazy. If we got Chip Kelly, like you said, we'd both be sobbing. The whole show would be ninety minutes of just Kirk just and I tears, sobbing tears. The, the whole time. We'd just be sobbing uh, the whole time. Yeah, it'd be like old. It'd be like watching the end of Old Yeller over and over again for ninety straight minutes. It'd be great. It's like um, I'd be like, Dad, Dad, do you want you want to have a catch? You want to have a catch? <laughs> <laughs> John A, thank you for the five. I think adding Chip would be a home run when you reunite him with Fry and Day. I totally agree. Could not agree more strongly because, again, those guys have worked together at a high level. Those guys don't have to learn each other. They know how I, they how they fit. Um, and, again, I think it's when the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach are in lockstep, that is really exciting. It's really easy. There's, there's trust there. Um, and again, I think that would just be absolutely fantastic. And again, I think that getting Chip Kelly to call plays and have Justin Fry run the front would be excellent. You know, Justin could run the run game. Chip could run the whole offense. And that would be, it would be a dream. You know, I'm telling you, like, I just, I look for things that make sense and they don't always work out, but this would be one that would just be just absolutely fantastic. Uh, Donald and Karen Rosbeck, appreciate you so much. Thank you for the five. Just joined the Scoop family with my wife. 
Hi, wife. I hope you guys are having fun tonight. Appreciate you guys. Again, I love hearing who you watch with because I've got families that watch together. I've got, uh, you know, father, daughter. I've got father, son. I've got whole family sitting there. So I uh, appreciate you guys both. Thank you for joining Scoop Ultra and being a, an Ultra member. Um, thank you for the five. Just join the Scoop family. That's so awesome. And you've been watching for a few months. Very excited about the season with this roster. OH, Nevada. I O. Yeah. So I. You know, between Nevada and I, we take a lot of pride in the fact that families watch this together because, like, we want this to be something that you can play around the kids. You can play in, you know, in front of grandma. Like, there's not going to be anything that's going to be, like, too wild. Um, so we like that positioning because we got to bring the information. But we want it to be fun, and we obviously want it to be funny uh, and, and, a, and in a good delivery. But, again, we appreciate hearing how people like to watch it as a family. Uh, it means a lot to us because, again, it's, uh, it's humbling, and it's just awesome. So thank you guys both for joining uh, and again, it's just cool seeing how like people watch the show as couples and as families. It's awesome. So, uh, Quinnell or Red Tell, thank you for the five. It's always been easy for teams to run on a pack 12 defenses. Having a nice scheme is one thing, but when there is no D, uh, no elite D, it makes it easier. You know, I, I mean, I, I get that, you know, I mean, there, it's a conference that's not known for defense outside of, you know, USC back in when I played had a they dominate you know, they had Clay Matthews and those guys those are dominating teams, um, but anymore man it's I mean we saw what Alex Rinch did last year their defense was atrocious so I get that but you know there's a lot of really bad defense in the Big Ten too like we play like Michigan State and Purdue and some of these teams and they're atrocious too there's you know I I don't I think that part of the bad defense is the fact that offenses are so the game is so skewed towards offense, it's almost not even funny anymore. Uh, so that's why the, the points are way up, the scoring's way up. Um, you know, I, I just think that the game, with the way that the throwing game has been constructed and the way that they call pass interference and uh, defensive holding um, and illegal touching, or you know, or you know, like all of the the stuff that's really helped the, the the throw game, it makes it hard to play defense, like really hard. And you got to defense RPOs now. You know, the run pass option plays. Those are tough. So, I mean, I just think defense is down as a whole. And I don't think it's because the players are less talented. I just think that the offense is like the offense has like the they have the the machine guns and the defense has like a like a little like switchblade or something. So it makes it tough. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Nevada? Is it just easier to run on Pac-12 defenses or do you think that it's just part of uh, college football? Well, I think it's a lot of things. It's, it's about 50 different things, but. The fact that, you know, the West Coast, the weather's better, they pass more, that puts more stress on the defense. And, look, we've talked about this a lot, the lack of defensive linemen. It, the, the defensive linemen on the West Coast are almost exclusively Polynesian. That's where they get their big bodies. And, you know, you, you don't have as many big bodies as you do down in the South. You know, schools like Ohio State can recruit nationally and get guys and be that. But even we struggle in terms of doing it. But on, on the West Coast, you don't you just don't have a lot of that. And – it's a, um, that's a thing. You know, that's a thing that, you know, when you, when you look at Georgia's defense, you were talking about Georgia's great defense. I can't remember what year it was. 21. Like Jalen Carr, Jalen Carr was, what didn't even start. The monster yeah. Did, yeah. didn't even start on that thing. He was just like a, you know, the big boy that was the backup. It's less like you just realize that they build them differently down there in the South. And that's a geographic advantage that they have. And you just got to figure out a way to navigate around it. But I think that's been a thing as well. So lots of different reasons, but that's certainly one of them. Well, and here's another thing that has been huge in the last 10 years or so. There's no more two-a-days. So you practice once a day now. 
and they really limit contact. And that starts in middle school. It starts in high school. You know, so you know, a lot of you guys that are parents of middle schoolers, high schoolers, go watch practice and go see how often teams tackle to the ground. Then you get into college and it's even less. So, you know, I think that the fundamentals, you know, across the offensive line and and defensive football, specifically tackling, have have withered away because literally you're not allowed to have as, as physical practices anymore. And again, I'm not not the old head. I'm not, oh, there's Kirk going in the time machine again, going back to the old days. But like my freshman year in 03, we had like if we had 25 practices in camp, like 22 of them were doubles, like two a days. And I mean, they were physical, tough, like blocking, tackling, you know, like physical camps. Now, these guys usually have a practice in the morning and then at night they have. Now, I'm not saying that they don't work as hard, but they've got walkthroughs and all this stuff at night. But, you know, a walkthrough isn't the same as putting on shoulder pads and 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 pants and and tackling to the ground. And, and that's something that they just don't do anymore because every, you know, everyone's scared of concussions. Everyone's scared of injuries. So uh, the fundamentals have just withered away. Uh, across the offensive line, the D line, and, and just tackling in the in the perimeter. So, you know, we work on it as much as we can within the boundaries of what we can do. But I think that's been a big reason why offenses have just exploded because you can't hit like you used to, and a lot of it's just because of uh, you know studies on head trauma and that type of thing. So, you know, again, it's you know if you take away the physical nature of football, it'd be like if you know in the NBA they said you're not allowed to have shoot arounds anymore. No one's allowed to shoot during practice. All of a sudden you know, guys wouldn't be shooting 50% from the three-point arc anymore. They'd be shooting 30%. People are like, well, why can't they shoot threes anymore? Because they're, they're not allowed to shoot. Um, so it's kind of the same deal. Uh, Chris Derry, thanks for the 10. Appreciate you, brother. Great analysis on the Bob situation, guys. If you were Chip and looked at our 2024 office roster, how do you think he would leverage it? Uh, Nevada, I'll let you take that. Well, I mean, Chip, this is he's gonna be like a kid in a candy store in terms of you know trying to go with all these offensive weapons that we have here for him. I mean, for Chip, you have to remember that we talked about this earlier, but this is a really important point. Chip loves to run the quarterback, loves to run the quarterback, and if there's ever gonna be a year where you're gonna run the quarterback and you're gonna leverage all the assets and really unlock the full potential of the OSU offense, it's gonna be a year where Ryan's comfortable enough not only with the guys calling the plays, which would be Chip, but with the fact that he's got capable backups that in, in, that in heaven forbid that Will Howard goes down, that it's not the end of days. And I think that this is the year where we've got that. We've got five guys in the room, which is more guys than we've ever had in the quarterback room. We've had quarterback rooms before with Justin Fry, and then what? We, and we lost Baldwin. We lost uh, we lost Tate. So it was like Justin Fry, and then. Or uh, I mean, Justin, Justin Fields. Fields, yeah, like, and and, and you no know, Justin Fields and chugging off. Yeah, that that was yeah. the room. So like, you don't blame him when he's not running that. But I mean, for Chip, I, I think Chip would really fully activate the quarterback run game um, as as part of his attack. I think he would. I I think because of our depth, I think he would utilize tempo, um, you know, to great effect. And I just think it would just be it would be so fun to watch. You know, when you do that, and then you combine that with a with a devastating downfield passing game with all the, the weapons that we have on the outside, um, I, I think they'd put up historically good numbers. I, I think it would, it would be one for the record books. I agree. I mean, he's never had an offense like this. I mean, even at Oregon in their heyday when they had, like, DeAnthony Thomas and, like, those guys, 
those guys weren't Trey Henderson now. I mean, those are gadget dudes, and they're really fast, but they're like punt returners and guys you run reverses with. They're, he didn't have, like, a first-round running back like Trey. He's like a Saquon Barkley. He didn't have a second one, Quinshawn Jug- Judkins, who's another first-round running back. Like, he didn't have uh, Innes and Tate and uh, uh, um, Emeka and you know, Jelani Thurman. And so, I mean... And then you got Will Howard, too. I mean, he's got a lot of talent. Now, is, is Will Howard the best quarterback he's ever coached? Probably not, you know, because he had, you know, he had Dennis Dixon, who was a Heisman favorite when he got hurt. But, I mean, as a total unit, this will be the most talented offense in college that he's ever coached. And, again, I think the most critical thing was getting a quarterback who's really athletic and loves to run, like Will Howard. So, you know, you add that to those two good tailbacks and – Oh my God, you better look out. Uh, appreciate you. And that was a great question. So thank you for that. Uh, the Corch, thanks for the deuce. What is up with the vitriol other sites have for you guys? I don't, I don't really know. Uh, we don't really read any of the other sites. Nevada, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, I, we don't spend any time talking about other sites, and I wish them all well, and they can do whatever they, they, they do them that we do us. And like I said, we just don't ever spend any time thinking about them. So, but thanks for the question. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, we, we spend all of our time on our site and all of our time on our podcast. So if they say stuff, great, I guess, if not great, but we don't talk about them. Like we don't even really know that they exist. So, cause we, cause again, we got too much work to do on Buckeye scoop. Cause like, if you see the amount of time we spend on it, like we don't have time to do anything else. So, um, but I appreciate the question again. And, uh, we wish them all well. Jared Henniger, thank you for the 10. Do you think NIL will evolve into resemble a contract where with a big check comes with a one or two year commitment? So the players are on a free agent every year uh, and players uh, programs can manage resources. That's an interesting question. I think that a lot of the deals uh, are set up, you know, for a four year payout structure. You know, if you, if you give a kid in high school, a chunk of change, you know, it's this first year you get this second year you get this, um, but again, I, I don't know everything for fact, but you know, I, I know that they design it so that, you know, you get some, some as you go, uh, so that you stick, you know, cause you don't want to give a kid a boatload of money and then he's in the portal because, because like a nightmare scenario would be like, if you gave some, you know, say like some quarterback or something, uh, you know, a, a big chunk when he gets here in January and then he doesn't like that he's fifth string after spring ball and he leaves, and then you're out the money. So I think that there's a, there's kind of like a, a, a talk, you know, hey, we want you to stick. You know, this is how much you get year one, year two, year three. Uh, we can renegotiate it. That's how a lot of it works. But, you know, again, like if it's a Caleb Downs, like you got you to gotta bring the, the hammer out. You got to go out and get that kid. You can't like, you know, there's not a lot of negotiating in wiggle room when he's the best player in the country potentially. So, uh, but I think that that's, um, it's a good way for these guys to manage the payouts because again, there's some groups that are kind of up against it. They've made big promises and, you know, the, the tabs come and do like we talk about, you know, the, the lights come up and the tab comes due uh, and they're a little short. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that works out. But um, I think that trying to budget things is is prudent, you know, because you got to keep kids happy, keep them from declaring for the draft, keep them in the portal. And then you got to have some change left over if a Caleb Downs hits hits the radar because something like Nick Saban retires, which, you know, we knew he'd eventually retire, but I don't think anybody thought he was going to retire after, you know, that last game, but he did. So, you know, you got to have some, some scratch for that too. 
Nevada, your thoughts on that? Uh, one or two year commitment. So guys aren't a free agent every year. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because you had the kind of the Chase Bassano situation this year where he was in the portal, and then there was rumors that if, you, if he left, he'd have to pay money back, and so he went back. And, you know, I'm not sure that's how NIL was set up to work. I mean, it was supposed to be that, you know, little Timmy could, could advertise the cinnamon rolls from, you know, Ed's Bakery down the street yeah. or something like that, and it's turned into something completely different. Um, so I'm not really sure, you know, you, you just whenever you start getting to these things where it's, it's contractual or multi-year or multi-year deals with paybacks or things like that. Now you're, you're talking about a collective bargaining. You're talking about, are you an employee? Um, it was this an incentive to attend. And so, um, boy, I, like I said, I, I, I just think these issues are so multifaceted and, and, and anything that can bring stability to college football is a good thing as far as I'm concerned, because yeah. I think stability is something that we need. Um, I think the pendulum has swung too far. I, I, I know, you know, we, you know, they were like, Hey, the players got to get paid and the Ed O'Bannon let's, let's get them, you know, their rights fees for the, the video game and blah, blah, blah. But now I think the pendulum's kind of swung too far and inevitably, I think we got to find an equilibrium somewhere in the middle because right now it's, it's, it's a little crazy and um, I'm not sure if crazy is good. I think one thing that has to change is they have to change the portal schedules. Like you can't have these guys hitting the portal in like December and then again in April. And then, you know, I think you have to shorten the window with the coaching thing too. Like that 30 day window is a long time. And I think kids make mistakes. Um, you know, I, I think that December is so miserable now for the coaches on staff because you have, you have to go on the road recruiting you have to stay you know, somehow Ryan day has to be out on the road recruiting, closing kids, doing home visits, he also has to meet with players that are considering jumping in the portal. Um, you know, he's got to manage his assistant coaches that potentially could be interviewing for jobs. Uh, you've got signing day. And then, oh, yeah, you have to go bowl prep. So you got to go practice for a cotton bowl or a playoff or whatever. And now with like three rounds of the playoffs, it's going to just be complete murder. So they got to do something about that winter schedule, man, because it is it's so asinine how they designed it. And again, this is what happens when you have a bunch of eggheads in a room making rules instead of people that are football people. Because football people would be like, look, would you ever, you know, it'd be like if you're like an attorney and they say, well, you have to try all your cases in one day at the same time. Somehow you gotta have everybody on deck to go through. You've got 20 trials working and they're all going to take place this Monday. So you figure it out. Cause that's, that's kind of what it's like. Or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, gonna... but Kirk, 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 let me just give you the other side of that. Cause what they're going to say is, but if you're a lawyer, it's not like you can only leave in March or you can only leave the law firm in November. You know, like we live in the era of, you know, free love and everybody's got to be able to do whatever they want, whenever they want to yeah. do it. And I mean, that's the other side of the argument. I'm not saying I agree with it, but like legally, I think that's where we're at. And so I, I think that any of these things are being looked at as like restraint of trade, um, you yeah. know, lack of freedom of movement. And that's why they're talking about, you know, you, sh you should have unlimited portal. But you know, they're going to say you should only be able to portal once. They're like, why? You could, if you leave a job, you can leave your job 17 times if you want to. And um, I, it, it sucks. So, I, I, so I'm not arguing against you. but No, I am no, 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 to no that, that's, a, that's a fantastic point. It really is. Yeah. Because like, Bill O'Brien can skip out of town after two weeks and go take a head coach. Exactly. You know, exactly. I, I mean, these coaches can leave at any point. Like, Sam Drayton left the day after signing day, right after Mike Weber signed his letter of intent, and he couldn't hit the portal. He was stuck. 
unless you want to go sit out for a year. So, I mean, again, that's a great point because, you know, if you're going to limit the players, and again, this will never happen. So I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm not, you know, um, advocating for this, but like the coach, that's the problem is now that the players have the same freedom as the coaches, it's real hard to go backwards because the coaches can leave on a dime. They can leave in the middle. Of, like Kalen DeBoer got done losing to Michigan and he was on the first flight out of there to Bama as soon as Saban retired. And, and Hey guys, appreciate you. I'll put a tweet out saying how much Washington means to me, but I got a big deal from Bama. So deuces, but no, that's, you're right. I and mean, that's, that's the, the pushback is the players are finally tasting the freedom that the coaches have and the coaches hate it. Cause like, now they've got to now they've got to manage these kids the same way that they had to manage their staffs before. Uh, Christopher J. Rich, thanks for the twenty. Appreciate you, my man. We need linebackers today. Update on Hicks and Gabe Powers. You guys mentioned losing to Texas, cost us the national championship in 05. Would the Penn State game have played out differently? USC would have been uh, a tough out as well. Um, I think the linebackers are doing good. I know C.J. Hicks is getting a little scratch an uh, NIL deal. Um, to sweeten the pot. I know CJ is excited to have a role this year and and play next to Cody Simon. Um, Gabe Powers is pushing him. You know, again, uh, CJ Hex is, is written up in pencil to start next to Cody Simon. Cody Simon is written up in ink to start at Mike Linebacker. Uh, but I think that, you know, the looming question is, you know, where do you put Sonny? Because now that you've got a, a real safety back there and you have a six foot four, 230 pound monster, he has to play somewhere. I think you should play well linebacker. I think you should play the nickel uh, that walks over the slot receiver on first and second down because you could blitz him. He could play the run. Um, but you know, with, you know, when you only play two linebackers and you play, um, you know, a Jordan Hancock as a true nickel cover guy, uh, it really limits your options. And that's that's a pretty crowded room now. It was more crowded last year, but you know, the big question for me is Sonny and Gabe Powers is a kid, really athletic, really quick, really tough, but. This is a big year for Gabe. Again, Gabe's the guy that's been in the program for a few years now. Same as CJ Hicks. And it's, you know, that star ranking don't mean nothing anymore. It's time to go put up. And CJ did not look very hot in the Cotton Bowl. So he's got to turn up a little bit in the, in the winter and in the spring and prove that he's really that five-star guy. Uh, Nevada, your thoughts on uh, CJ Hicks and Gabe Powers? And then I'll, I'll take the uh, second part of the question after that. Well, I just want to say Cody Simon is going to have an all-American type of year this year. I mean, Cody beast. Simon, he's a beast, no. man. I'm telling no, you, that kid beast. is so he is so good and he's finally 100% healthy and he's getting number 1 reps running into a season right now where he's uh, you know, third year in the system. It's got it down pat. Was a big bit, you know, kind of a you know, we talked about how exciting it was to have guys come back and it was like Oh, JT, yay, Jack Sawyer, hey, Ty Lake, this and that. And, and the Cody Simon one kind of flew under the radar a little bit. That was a big addition, man. That was a big addition because we only play two linebackers. So you can have the question, do you play Gabe Powers? Do you play Sonny Styles? Do you play C.J. Hicks? Who's going to be the other guy next? But now you don't have any question about who the other guy is because Cody Simon, I'm just telling you right now, he's going to have an All-American kind of year, their linebacker, um, I could not be more excited about that guy, and I, I think he's I think he's going to be go beast mode this year. Yeah, I totally agree. He's a four five two guy in the forty, um, really put together. And again, he's he's been waiting patiently. He's one of my favorite guys because he stuck around. A lot of guys would hit the portal, um, but now is his time, and he gets to be basically the captain of the defense as a you know as the Mike linebacker. That's basically like the de facto captain. He's calling the defense, getting guys lined up, and I'm really excited for him because he's out of. 
Tommy Shadow now, and he did great filling in for for um, Steel and for Tommy uh, when those guys were, were banged up a little bit. But now he gets to run the show, and I'm excited about that. Second part of the question is: You guys mentioned it losing to Texas cost us the national championship in 05. Would the Penn State game have played out differently? Um, USC would have been a tough out as well. You know, Penn State was tough because I got hurt in it. And again, I'm not the whole team, but you know, they had to turn the whole offensive line around and put Rob Sims at right tackle for a little bit. And then we put Booney out there and Booney was a true freshman playing in the loudest stadium in the history of college football that, that night. Um, but I hurt my knee. And again, I think it costs us a game and it drives me crazy because uh, I got my knee blown out on a field goal. And so I, I had to sit there on the bench like a douchebag in a sweatsuit and watch my team lose. And, you know, Tabaha Lee, who is multiple-time Pro Bowler, first-round pick, was the guy that in 04, I whooped him, and I handled him all over the field. And I was excited to go play him again because in you know, leading up to that game, there was a lot of hype around him, saying he's All-American, all this stuff. And, and I was like, that guy? I played 91 last year. He's the same dude. Like, he's not going to be that much better. And I was handling him in the game because I'd already played him. But then the next, you know, then I get hurt and he has a sack that ends the game. And like, it, it's like, I felt like Ned Stark getting his head chopped off in the middle of King's Landing. Cause you know, when you're the reason that, that there's someone out there that's probably too young to be playing in Alex. And again, Booney is a fantastic player, but he's really young. And when you're an 18 year old true freshman, it's really hard to get out there and play against a guy like Tom Bali. But I handled him, you know, and I handled him the year before and it killed me that I couldn't play cause I was hurt. Like my knee was blown and I was out for a month and, you know, I tore my MCL grade three and the knee wouldn't stay in the socket. So that sucked, but you know, I think it would have been different. I would have gotten hurt, but Texas, we just stunk it up. Uh, and SC was good that year, but you know, we gave Texas all they wanted and, and Texas gave, you know, they obviously beat SC. So, you know, I, I know the guys I talked to when I played in the league, I, Roderick Wright was a guy at D tackle. that was an all American for Texas played with him in Miami. He said we were way more physical than USC. So I don't know what that means. It probably doesn't mean anything because we, we didn't score enough touchdowns. But that's what a guy that was in the trenches going against us said when he played against both of us. So um, that year sucked. That was our biggest year of regret because that 05 defense was nasty. Um, and our offense by the end of the year was good. But it wasn't, it wasn't where it needed to be in the middle of the season. Um, but great question, Christopher. Again, I appreciate that. You guys... You guys bring fire questions, so we always appreciate that. Uh, CWII, thanks for the five. Kathy Perotti noted that you left Orlando Pace out on your all-time line. Thank you, Kirk, Nevada, and Tora. Great family here. Um, well, I, I thought it was guys that I played with and guys that I coached. Obviously, if you, do want, to, if you want me to do an all-time offensive line for Ohio State, my two tackles are Orlando Pace and Corey Stringer. Uh, my interior guys, you know, I'd put John Hicks on the inside. I'd put... Um, uh, Jim Parker on the inside. I mean, those are Hall of Fame guys. And then the center is a coin flip between Latrell's Bentley and Nick Mangold. So, um, but like that was the question was guys I'd played with or coached. Um, but my all timeline is basically written in ink. Like nobody can touch Orlando and Corey Stringer as our tackles. Hixie was second in the Heisman. Jim Parker's in every Hall of Fame known to man. He's in the pro football, the college football. And then the center. Is where do you want the brute strength of Latrells? Do you want Nick? Both great players. Nick had a better pro career because Latrells blew his knee out, but Latrells was a bond. If Latrells doesn't blow his knee out, he's in Canton. So I'd probably go with Latrells. Um, but we appreciate you guys I'm, so I, much. I, I, I'm glad somebody else picked up on the Orlando Pace slander, though, because like I'm sitting there listening oh to God. that and I'm just like, 
I can't believe that Barton's doing this again. Like, like I thought we'd put that did to I, bed. Did, did, did I coach Orlando Pace? Did I play with Orlando Pace? He's like, he, I mean, he, Orlando graduated or he left in 96. I didn't get there until 03. So there's not even, it's not even close. Like he was in the league on his third contract by the time that I even got to Ohio State. So, you know, oh, but like man. the all, the all, the all timeline is nothing but hall of famers. And it's hard to, to go against the guys that I named just because, I am an Ohio State historian, and I love studying the old guys, and those guys were monsters. Um, Mike Gillickson, thank you for the five. Appreciate you, my man. Would Chip or Bob rotate the QBs more in a blowout? That is a great question. I think this has been a problem. See the Mizzou game. Um, God, I I would say probably Chip, but I would be kind of guessing at that. Um, you know, Bill O'Brien's an NFL guy. The NFL guys, you know, Tom Brady's playing one at 70 to nothing at the end, handing the ball off generally. Um, or not, maybe not that big of a lead, but you know, in the NFL, like guys played on the end, there's no empty in the benches. Cause there's just not a lot of guys on the benches, but, um, I don't know. That's a great question. I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves with Ryan is that we don't, we don't, it's not just a quarterback. We don't pull the starters at all, you know, cause we're, we're obsessed with padding stats, which I think is stupid. Uh, cause I think that those young guys need to get out there and play a little bit in front of the horseshoe or at Penn state, you know, for blowing a team out, like put those guys out there. And let them get beat up a little bit. Let them see what they can do uh, when when all the eyeballs are on them and the quarterback's live. Because when you're a young offensive lineman, in practice, if you give him a sack, the quarterback's not allowed to get hit. He's in a black jersey. In the big show, when you're playing on Saturday in the horseshoe, if that guy gets past you, the quarterback can get killed. He can get sent to the hospital. And those guys need to feel that pressure sometimes. And again, that's why you know I would make young quarterbacks live. Like I'd make Aaron Nolan live. I, I'd make Julian Sand live. I'd make Lincoln Keenholz live. Like when we scrimmage, those guys could be live and you know make those guys go out and, and chase them around a little bit. Um, your thoughts, Nevada? Would Chip or Bob rotate the QBs more in blowouts? I think it's going to happen more this year. I think it's going to happen more. I, I know Ryan has stated that the guys. I mean, I, I know in the the exit interviews or what do you want to call the end of year stuff that he's gone through with the with the players, he's vowed to them that, that he's going to do that. So we'll see. I'm going to take him at his word and, and believe that's going to happen. I don't think it'll be a Chip Kelly or, or Bill O'Brien thing. I think it'll be a Ryan Day thing, but I think it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pooh Beard 12, thank you for the five. I know this is mostly a football show, but got to say this about Holtman. Worst part of the tenure has been the growing apathy from the fan base. Yeah, it's it's bad, man. I mean, that, you, when they, they show those, those big shots of the stadium, man, it is – really sad i mean it's sad to see you know because again i i played when i was at ohio state you know in oh you know oh six you know that's when we had odin and conley and you couldn't get a ticket to 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 the shot i mean it was rocking because we had the best team in the country a team that should have won the national championship obviously odin you know was out for half the season but that thing was rocking i mean you couldn't get a ticket and then right after that was evan turner and you know we were number one in the country uh, uh, Sullinger, like we had like a great run, and it's just it's honestly sad to see how empty that building is, how cavernous it looks. Um, but yeah, I agree, the apathy sucks, but that's why this next, this next one is a huge one. Um, your thoughts on that, Nevada? Look, I'm not gonna dive down you know, too far down the rabbit hole in this, but for the people that know me know I have a background in minor league baseball, and in minor league baseball. One of the things you can't control every year is how good your team's going to be. You can't control if you're going to lose 100 games or win 100 games or be good or be bad. Or players are up and down. But what you can control is how much fun people have with the thing. And one of one of our prized possessions 
was a team called the Dayton Dragons in Dayton, Ohio. And people that know the Dayton, Ohio know that they're, the Dragons are in the midst of a 20-year sellout streak right now. I believe it's 20 years. It might be 19. It might be 21. But they've sold out every game since that yes. stadium was built. And that wasn't because – I don't think the Dragons have ever made the – maybe they made the playoffs one time. They never made the playoffs when we were involved. Not one time did we make the playoffs. But it wasn't about that. And so what I'd say to OSU and OSU basketball is if there's apathy because we don't have the best team, shame on OSU and shame on OSU marketing because it shouldn't only be about that. They should make it a great time, make it a great, you know, a great evening out, a great time for the students, a great time for people to come and enjoy the energy. And if the team's great, that'll just make it take it to the next stratosphere. But I blame OSU for that in terms of doing it because it shouldn't take having Odin and Connolly and Cook and, you know, Tris Gent and, you know, J- Jimmy Jackson to fill that building. That's OSU's job, and, and I think that's on them, and that's just that's my rant for the evening. So you're saying that the Dayton Dragons are successful and that you drew that stadium on a cocktail napkin? Is what you're saying? That did happen. I owe. <laughs> I owe. <laughs> oh, my God. Donald and Karen Rossbeck, uh, our couple that watches this together. This is awesome. Husband-wife duo. Uh, thank you for being a Scoop Ultra uh, couple. That's awesome. Um, I heard the punishments for uh, the cheaters up north are coming down at the end of March uh, or the first part of April. Any truth to that, Nevada? OH. I oh Yeah, I think it's going to be April. I, I think it's it, it'll be the, the, the second uh, notice of allegations, and, it, and it's going to be bad. I mean, everybody that's, that I've talked to thinks it's going to be bad. Everybody close to the situation thinks it's going to be bad. And don't believe me. That why do you think that all the rats have left the sinking ship? Because they oh, know God. it's going to be bad. So, yeah. but uh, that'll be a that'll be a glorious show when we have the the unveiling of the thing. It'll be like a gender reveal for this. We're going to find out how far uh, Michigan's going to be neutered, and uh, we'll all read the letter of allegations together that evening. So that'll be a fun show. Absolutely. Uh, Speedman six oh six. See you Friday at Yogi's, bro. I assume that means for Zach's show. Um, I have to get some work done uh, during the day, but I'd love to go support Zach. As always, Zach and Chris do a great job. They had that thing rocking last time. So it'll be, uh, if you guys are going to Zach's show, get there like at like 8 a.m. And Because, I mean, I walked in to support my boy, and it was insane. So you guys showed out, and that was awesome because it was a really successful day for Zach. So um, I got to see. I got some stuff done. If I can go, I'm going to go uh, and support my boy. Uh, Sean... Thank you for the 10. Did not have the Vrabel around Wisconsin reports on my bingo card. The fact that these reports even exist is further <laughs> proof that NFL execs are morons. How is he, how isn't he a head coach? It's insane. I agree. But I mean, you know, the, the music has kind of stopped and all of a sudden, man, it's like a guy who was a coach of the year, like three years ago is out of work. And again, you know, when these guys are out of work, they got to kind of look around and say, you know, do I want to take a year off or do I want to stay in the game? So I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Vrabel ends up being an analyst for, for Wisconsin, helping Luke out. Um, I'm sure that's not, I, I assumed he probably assumed he'd at least be a defensive coordinator, but it's, it's really weird. Again, I would have bet a pretty decent sum that he'd be the head coach of the Patriots if Belichick left just because of his relationship with Robert Kraft and his prestige. But they went with Gerard Mayo, which I think is insane. How you take Mayo over Vrabes, um, but that's just me. Uh, I think Vrabes does a great job. He's developed. Um, 
you know, but he, you know, again, like the, the, the hard part about like the NFL is timing is kind of everything. So when Tannehill gets hurt and stinks and then you're stuck playing Will Levis and, you know, the O-line is bad and you have a rookie quarterback, um, it really handicaps you, you know, like if he had, you know, again, at the end of the day in the NFL, you have to have a quarterback. Like you just have to, like, it's not, you can't win without a quarterback in football, especially in the NFL. Um, and, you know, and Will Levis has a chance to be decent or good, but as a rookie, it's just really hard to be great, um, you know, in the league, you know, and, and Mike was up against it. And you know, I, I still thought they were competitive. I mean, they beat, I don't think they beat Jacksonville. They beat, I think they beat Jacksonville to keep them out of the playoffs. So in a worthless week 18 game, he got his guys gassed up enough to go beat a team that was literally playing to clinch uh, a shot in the playoffs and Vrabes beat him. So I thought that was like, that's great coaching because a lot of guys, man, I've been on NFL teams that weren't in the playoffs and were out of the playoffs early. I was on a Bengals team that was like two, nine and one. They had a tie and man, those, those that last like five, six weeks, man. It is like guys are counting down the days so they can get to Miami or get to Vegas or just get out of Dodge. Cause it's miserable when you're just, you know, a three and 13 outfit, you know, you're just trying to work hard, save your job and, that's it. But you know, a lot of times when you're on a bad team that the whole, the whole house is going to clear it out. Um, but that's kind of is what it is. Um, Nevada, your thoughts on Vrabes uh, potentially joining Luke fickle in Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, those guys are close. Makes sense. Not sure what the capacity would be, but you know, those, when you're out of coaching, you either become an analyst or you become a, a broadcaster yeah. um, because you know, they don't want to be at home. So they want to, they want to be out doing something. <laughs> And, and a guy, so a guy like Rabel's like, oh man, my worst nightmare is that I'm going to be at home for an entire year. So Ooh. he's like, woo, okay, I, I better uh. go find a job. So hey, hey, Luke, Luke, can you help the brother out, man? I'll do, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Okay, man, come up here to be an analyst. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I'm on the next plane. That that's kind of how it goes. So um, God bless him. Great, great coach, great guy, legendary Buckeye, legendary NFL player. So he'll yeah. he'll 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 be he'll be okay. The, like these guys that are in coaching and, and, and his contract, I mean, he's still getting paid by the Titans. So he can go be an analyst and make, you know, 50 grand next year. And he's still going to be eating good, eating filet every night. But these guys in coaching, man, it's like they get addicted to it. Like they're on like heroin and they can't give it up. They can't stay home. And I think that they have a certain paranoia where they don't want to be out of the mix. You know, these guys want to stay in the mix, stay productive, stay studying the game. Uh, they want their little key card and their little, you know, uh, little coaching vest and, you know, and then in a year, he'll be, you know, at the senior bowl and at the combine and at the coaching convention looking for a job. And again, I, I am shocked that none of these NFL owners hired Mike Vrabel. Like that is almost asinine to me. It's insane. But, you know, these, a lot of these owners are complete idiots. And, and some of the jobs, you know, again, if he got offered that, that Carolina Panthers job, like that owner is, is completely insane. So again, I'm not saying you want to take in it, but sometimes you got to line up stylistically with your owner and you got to know what you're getting into because you know, Vrabes got one more chance left as a head coach um, before he's going to be a coordinator for life. You can't, you know, you got to pick your spots. And I just, I'm shocked he didn't get the New England job. I'll never, I'll never understand that. Super nerd, thank you for the five. Appreciate you. Cool to hear Nevada talk about the Dayton Dragons. They did a watch party for the Notre Dame game, and Troy Smith was there. More places should do that. If you guys are anywhere near Dayton and you've never been to a Dayton Dragons game, it is an absolute blast. And our boy, Nevada Buck, was one of the founders of the Dayton Dragons and a guy that you know, designed the stadium. And again, you know, when he talks about filling up a stadium, uh, regardless of the talent, you know, again, you know, it's kind of like a guy that worked for Nevada was the guy that owns the Savannah Bananas. 
And, you know, they have, you know, guys that make 20 bucks a week playing baseball. And they sell out everywhere they go. And it's the hottest ticket in the world. They're coming to the Columbus Clippers Stadium. And, you know, um, I know people that had corporate tickets and they got snatched up in like a millisecond because they're entertaining. Like at the end of the day, a lot of people go to get a night out, have some fun, drink some beer, eat some popcorn, have a hot dog and just kick it. Like they don't really care who's playing. They don't know who's playing. And in minor sports, you never know who's on the field because guys can get called up. They can get sent down. You know, a guy could be on a rehab assignment for two days or whatever. Like, so you can't bank on it being some loaded team every year, like in the major leagues. So you got to manufacture some entertainment. Nevada, I'm going to let you speak to this because you're the guy that's actually built teams before and ran teams before. But talk a little bit about uh, what the Dragons and, and what they did. Yeah, no, just like I said, just focus on the entertainment and just happen to have one of the greatest staffs that was ever assembled. Guys that are like legendary in the business, but legendary um obsessive about customer service from the time that you're oh. you're parking the car till you know i'd i'd come out to the games and you know, when we were visiting and they had the entire staff the president all the way down there at the uh at the gates on the way out thanking people for coming to the game shaking hands with everybody that came and i was just like wow that that's nope. that's like next next level and nobody had to tell them to do it so when you have you, anybody out there that has a business when you have great employees and they do stuff like that, then you just, uh, you know, you just stay out of the way and uh, watch them do their magic and you learn from them. So I, I learned as much from them uh, as, as certainly as they did from me. That's for sure. I totally agree. Well, it's been a long one. It's been a great one, though. You guys made it a great one. Nevada, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, today was a legendary day. Ohio State hit 100% on letters of intent that they sent out and signed on a, on a national signing day. I don't think it's ever happened in the history of Ohio State football. <laughs> We got everybody that we wanted today, and uh, it was amazing. And, and we didn't even spend one minute talking about it on the show. That's how Dominic, spoiled we are. Do, congrats, congrats, Dominic Kirks. Congrats, Dominic Kirks, the one guy we signed. <laughs> yes, God bless. So uh, everybody have a great evening. We'll see you tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, appreciate you guys kicking it. Uh, National Signing Day edition. Uh, we didn't talk about it at all because it doesn't really exist anymore. But congrats, Dominic Kirks. I'm becoming a Buckeye today. Uh, big day for that. Uh, appreciate you guys as always this was an awesome show uh thank you for all of the support of pay it forward through the super chats and through scoop ultra again uh, we're getting a lot of people signed up we're breaking records in terms of membership it's awesome so thank you guys for taking care of our troops um again navy army if you guys sign up and you guys are military uh, we have badges for you uh, that we apply so everybody knows where you served so again we appreciate you guys with that being said as always if you guys could leave us a like on the way out the door those are huge uh, for building the channel, click subscribe, send it to your friends, your colleagues, post it on your Facebook page, your Twitter, Instagram, whatever floats your boat. It's all helpful and it's all helping this thing surge to really high heights. Uh, and again, if you guys like these live shows, make sure you click the little alert bell because those are huge. Again, we love seeing all you guys in here and nothing makes me feel worse than when someone says, oh, I missed the show. So we're trying to stay real consistent with our time in the off season uh, so we can kick with you guys every night. That being said, as always, thank you guys uh, for kicking it. If you guys are on BuckeyeScoop.com, we're about to jump on there. I got a big text message, and I got to get I got to get on the phone. Um, I'll read it real quick. It literally was, get ready for some big news coming out. And that is from a very good source. So I don't know what that means, but I'm going to get on BuckeyeScoop.com, and as soon as I figure it out, I'm going to try to post it. Now I got to get a hold of this guy and see if I can get it. So um, it'll be very interesting. So I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much, Buckeye Nation. 
And thank you, Scoop family. I hope you guys have a great rest of your night. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, have a great night. Go Bucks.